Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. The Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. Hey everybody, Dan the Bodybuilder of Integrity here. To answer your questions today, answer your questions for the steroids podcast. First thing I wanted to go over was about working on your weak points when you're still coming up. So this is pretty common. It starts out because when guys are natural, they're so frustrated about their lack of muscle size and just altogether you know, maybe the reason that they were started lifting was because they wanted to have big biceps or they wanted to have a big chest or they wanted to have big shoulders and they just didn't have those. And especially genetically, it was like a weak point for them. And so they got kind of like obsessed with wanting to make that big. Um, and then, you know, even all the way up until they started uh, using steroids, you know, they still were kind of like obsessed with that and uh, fixated on that uh, to the, the detriment of um, worrying about what is most important, uh, which is building up a sufficient base. Um, and so the way that the body works is it, it's in control of its proportions. You can have a slight effect on your body's proportions and changing them to how you want them to be. But generally, your body and your genetics are set to have certain ratios between different muscles on your body. Uh, how How much they grow, you know, whether you're arm dominant or torso dominant, etc. stuff like that, you know? So if you're a guy who is, you know, using steroids, um, and you're, you're trying to be a bodybuilder, um, but you know, you're not doing bench press with three plates on each side. Um, you know, you're not, deadlifting, uh, you know, four plates on each side for reps. Um, you know, you're, you're not doing, um, squats below parallel for, you know, a good amount of reps, uh, with three plates per side, uh, et cetera. Um, and you're worried about, you know, like, Oh, I've got to bring up my weak points and, and you're, 
you're focusing on like uh, changing your weak points or the ratios between your different muscles, uh, you're really shortchanging yourself and you're kind of sabotaging your gains, okay? So when you're just developing muscle mass, when you're in this initial phase of, of bodybuilding where you're on steroids and you know, you, you're building up this base of muscle, this base of muscle. It's called building up your base where you get your b body to be from this um, normal thing to this highly muscled thing where you're looking at people and you're saying, like, you know, that dude is just like covered in muscle. Like he has thick muscle all over his body. That's called having a base. Um You've got to just develop a certain level of uh, strength um, and proficiency in compound exercises um, in order to muscle your body up. Um, and, you know, the cards are going to fall how they're going to fall. You should use good form in the exercises. You should use good control in the exercises. But the cards are going to fall as they may. Um, your body is set to grow and develop in a certain way with a certain ratio of muscle size between different uh, muscles. And if you are obsessed with, you know, making your chest uh, be as big as your shoulders, but you're a shoulder dominant person. Um, and, and so you're doing all this extra chest work and, and you're, you just won't give it a fucking rest. Um, and, and that's then going and hurting your progress, like in your bench press or something like that, um, because, you know, you're you're uh, overtraining your chest in comparison to other muscles or something like that. Or, you know, you're always trying to go to the gym and then like work your chest more because you're irritated, you know, and so then you're not giving enough rest between uh, bench press workouts or something. And then you're not able to, you know, increase your bench press. Uh, yeah, you, you know, that's. That's something that, you know, you're getting in your own way because you're doing that. You're you're hurting yourself. You're hurting your progress. You're hurting your ability to, uh, you know, make your bodybuilding goals happen uh, because you're 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 not big enough yet uh, to be worrying so much about the proportions and everything like that. You you've got to just work with your body and build up the muscle on your body get the muscle big get your body to be a big and muscled machine and the cards are going to fall where they may and then once you have the muscle and and you're you know you've got a big a big base of muscle your whole body's muscled now you can start making some alterations to the ratios between the muscles you know bringing up some weak points etc but when you don't even have the muscles yet and it's like you're already trying to like, you know, make a it's like you got these kind of like, you know, you got some development in your muscles, but it's not like you're like really like jacked and, and you're like struggling, trying to like change the ratios between your different muscles. It's it's very uh, it's really not a direct path towards your goal of being a bodybuilder you're you're just uh you know you're kind of uh just 
wailing away on yourself, wailing away on yourself when, when, you know, the real goal should be that, Hey, I got to get muscle on my whole body. I got to get big. You know, another, another thing would be like guys who are like, Oh, my upper chest, my upper chest. <laughs> and they're like, I gotta, I gotta build my upper chest. My upper chest isn't big enough. And, uh, and it's like mother, mother, motherfucker. Your chest isn't even big. You got to develop the whole thing, okay? You got to develop the whole thing. You're sitting here worrying about like, oh, your weak point, your upper chest. Your entire chest is small. You got to develop the entire fucking thing, man. So so it's like it's like you know, it's it's asinine. It's asinine being being worrying about this kind of shit. Um you need, you know, you you can only do five to ten reps with two wheels on each side on the bench press and maybe you don't even have the greatest form and perfect control and you're like oh i've gotta i've i've gotta make my upper chest be in a bigger ratio to my lower chest it's not even like oh my god your chest isn't even developed you you don't even have one yet you, you've got, you know, you have got to grow it before you are worrying about this kind of stuff. Um, it, that That's that's what I'm saying. You know, I just now gave a couple examples with chest or whatever like that, you know. But another thing will be like, you know, somebody will be thinking about their delts or their arms or or various other body parts you know people have whatever body parts they're thinking about you know a lot of times it'll be something like the biceps too you know some some body part that people become fixated on and they really want that body part and and uh they they're they're not even like uh you know they're not even to a basic strength level yet to a basic bigness level yet and they're worrying about that. <laughs> you got to just become big and strong overall first, man. You know, your whole body is going to grow. And it's programmed because of your mom's egg and your dad's sperm. It's programmed to grow in a certain way. So first you got to get it grown that certain way that your body is programmed to grow when it gets big. You just... Learn the form, okay? Learn the form. The barbell row. Learn the form. The bench press. The standing overhead press with the locked legs. Um, the the pull-up. Um, the, the curl, okay? The curl with the dumbbells or something. Um, the, the squat. Uh, the deadlift, okay? And you got to get those exercises down. So that you have total control and that you're strong so that it's like, you know, you're really good at those exercises and you, you really know how to do those exercises. And, you know, you may not be the strongest person at the gym on those exercises, but you're really good at them. And, you know, for the most part, you can keep up with most anyone, you know, or, or when you go to a gym, just in general, it's like you, okay, there may be someone stronger than you or something, right? 
whatever. But it's it's not like, oh, well, you're just like the same as everyone else at those exercises. No, you should be way better than almost everyone at those exercises. If you're if you're trying to get real developed, if you're trying to become a a big jack motherfucker and you're trying to be a bodybuilder, you know, you're really trying to make progress here. On all of those basic compound exercises, you should be way better than mostly everybody that you regularly come in contact with. If you're at a powerlifting competition, obviously that you know there's going to be people who are better than you and you know there may be, you know, a couple guys better than you at the gym or something at whatever exercises. I'm not saying you have to be the best. I'm just saying that you have to be damn good at the basics before like like dude fundamentals fundamentals you want success master the fundamentals master the fundamentals you want success with 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 your steroids you need to be hitting these fundamentals good okay instead of instead of wondering about all these little scientific shits and all these these studies and and all these different ways of taking them and shit and getting worried into that uh-uh, uh-uh, you got to be doing the fundamentals, you got to be doing the fundamentals, which is taking, you know, over a, a gram, a thousand milligrams of gear consistently, and, um, you know, and you should, it should be testosterone if you don't have some, you know, um, if, if it's easy for you to handle testosterone, if that works for you, you know, you, you know, and you're not deceived by some crap about like, oh, people just take TRT in their bodybuilders, or, oh, testosterone makes you fat because it doesn't makes you muscular. Um, you know, so so you're using testosterone or you're using if you can't for some fu- fucking reason. OK, and, and this is unusual. So you're using some other stuff. And so, you know, you're consistently using over a gram of steroids per week. You know, for the most part, there's your fundamentals. OK. And now it doesn't matter, you know, all these different scientific little things and the different ways of taking them and all these other stupid ass little drugs and stuff that you can put in there. Man, it's just the fundamentals, okay? And then the other thing with the diet, you know, you're getting your fundamentals in, you know, you're getting a minimum of 250 grams of protein in every day and, you know, more like 300 grams. And you're eating your your bro meals, you know, you know, a starch carb, a protein, and... <laughs> A meat, you know, a meat protein, an animal protein, and then a little vegetable serving. And you're, you know, you're eating these meals, getting them in you throughout the day, every day. Okay. And then you're doing your training and it's like, okay, you're becoming very good at these fundamental core freeway exercises. Um, and you're getting to the point where mostly you're better than pretty much all the other guys at the gym except for a very few at doing them okay this is called fundamentals and this is what you should be focusing on once you're like jacked and you're big and and every you know it's like most gyms you go to you're the biggest guy there or one of the biggest guys there you you know pretty much always then it's different. Then it's different. You know, go work on your weak points, whatever. Go work on your weak points. Uh, go try to do some little changes to some ratios of, you know, what muscle is bigger than the other muscle and stuff like that. Uh, but 
you know, that's, that's, you know, I don't think that everybody listening to this is at that level. You know, I don't think that the most, probably most people listen to this. I know some guys are, but I know that there's a lot of guys who are, are beginners or, you know, intermediates. Um, and, and they're frustrated, you know, with why aren't they, uh, why don't they look mu- muscular? You know, why, why aren't they one of these guys, you know, they're, they think they're putting in the work and they're like, they're like, you know, why don't, why do I still kind of look like a normal guy at the gym? Why don't I look like one of these dudes that is like not a normal guy at the gym and turning heads, turning heads with your performance, turning heads with, 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 you know, what you look like, you know, you look like a dude who is jacked as fuck. Well, you have got to stick to the fundamentals and you, you've got, don't get distracted with all this other stuff, you know, focusing on, you know, my weak points and, and getting it even (laughs) and making everything even, but you're not even big yet. You're not even big yet. You, okay. So remember, remember the fundamentals starting this podcast off trying to help you guys here this is why i'm telling you this This is why i'm telling you this because this is a very common psychological sticking points that are holding some of you guys back um so starting this episode off here uh with talking about that um so that uh you can you know use that information to help you to make gains um, and get to your goal because uh, this this would be one of the things that is really holding a lot of guys back you know there's so much information and if you complicate things too much and and you get real complicated and you're focusing on all these details that's gonna fuck you up it's gonna fuck you up you need to be a master at the basics the fundamentals all right, when you've mastered those, and it's like, shit, you are a master of the basics. You are a master of the fundamentals. You're going to be in a pretty damn good position, man. And you're going to be feeling pretty good about where you're at. And then, you know, you're going to know. You're going to know. You're going to know because when you go to gyms, you're going to know, like, not very many people look like me. Not very many people can perform like me. And at that point, then, you know, start working on some details more. Start doing some more, like, detailed stuff with your hormone and steroid use and stuff. But before that, you know, you should really be focusing on the fundamentals in order to get uh, where you want to go and in order to have, have the success that you want. Okay. Um, other other thing I wanted to mention real quick was delayed gratification. So um, it, this is just this is just a principle that whatever you want, yeah, uh, that is that is a uh, when there's going to be pain involved. Okay, there's going to be there's going to be pain involved in in reaching your goals, bodybuilding, or whatever else you want in your life, and and. Uh, whatever you're looking to get out of your life because um, if you're looking at building anything or developing anything or acquiring anything that's worth acquiring um, 
the you know it's gonna go through it's gonna require you to go through being uncomfortable uh being in pain um having some some um not good times not enjoying yourself okay uh in order to get that thing and the reason why that thing is valuable is because and the reason why not everyone has it is because you have to go through this shit the shitty part okay so delayed gratification and and being okay with that um is, is a very essential uh psychological uh state that you must possess in order to get what you want you have to be able to say okay i'm going to put myself through something not fun right now i'm going to do this stuff that doesn't feel good right now because if i delay feeling good having pleasure having fun um and go through this uncomfortable time then there's this thing that i'm going to get at the end and it's going to be awesome the gratified state okay <laughs> i'm just telling you whatever you want in your life get 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 comfortable with this principle delayed gratification where you you're you're gonna you're gonna go through some shit and 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 uh you know that's some uncomfortable times and that that's the only way that you're gonna you're gonna separate yourself man it's the only way you're gonna separate yourself from you know joe schmo joe schmo shithead okay I've been getting a lot of questions about how to sleep better on steroids because uh you know what steroids affect your sleep you know so what they do is when you're on steroids they affect your resting adrenaline levels so you know you could talk about being like jacked up on steroids or wired on steroids and if you've used certain steroids like you've used a lot of test You've used Tren, you've used D-Ball, you've used Anadrol, uh, Superdraw. Uh, you're going to know what I'm talking about when uh, I say jacked up on steroids. Like you're, Because it's very stimulating, okay? And they can actually make you shake a little bit or vibrate a little bit. And well, the reason why that's happening, you know? is because uh, your central nervous system is jacked up. You know, your resting adrenaline level, the amount of adrenaline that you have in your bloodstream is higher when you're at rest, when you're doing nothing, than it would be if you were natural. This is an effect of steroids. Um, and so this is why guys have trouble sleeping on steroids, uh, is because they've got this adrenaline going through their blood when they're even resting. They've got a higher amount of adrenaline going through their blood when they're doing nothing, which makes it harder to sleep. So there's a couple couple things that help with that, okay? One is just getting used to them. So when you first get on the steroids, when you first get on the, the heavy steroids, or like when you first up the dose of test, you know, to like over a thousand milligrams, or when you start taking Trembolone, you know, there's 
a certain amount of stimulation that and you know broken sleep that you're going to have to put up with where where uh it takes about between two weeks to a month uh of adaptation uh for your body to be like okay okay you know now now my receptors are a little bit uh like my 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 receptors of stimulation for my nervous system are a little bit desensitized now so i feel a little bit more normal i don't feel so freaking wired constantly okay so that that's going to be the the first thing is you're going to have to put up with it for a couple weeks as that happens um but the other, you know a couple things that will help though with sleeping is is to take your shots in the morning when you first wake up in the morning make that your your ritual um you know you take your shots in the morning if you're taking any pills like a d-ball or anadrol or superdrol that are very stimulatory um or or some guys get it from anavar and Winstrol too um don't don't take them you know within six hours of when you're going to go to sleep you know you you should want to be taking most of your steroids take your shots in the morning always take your shots in the morning first thing when you wake up and uh, if you're having trouble sleeping cut cut your pills so that you're you're not cut it off is what i mean so that you're not taking them you know anywhere near when you're going to be sleeping all right that's going to help you a lot Uh, another thing is to if if at all possible train before um, 6 p.m when you when you train later at night it releases and and if you're having trouble sleeping you know if you don't have trouble sleeping you don't need to train uh train before 6 p.m this is only for guys who have trouble sleeping okay so for for these guys that are having that you know don't train at night because when you train at night it really jacks you up for for a long time afterwards and uh you know to go with that too don't train legs at night don't squat at night because man when you do that shit it is like impossible to sleep if you've done that really like after 6 p.m or so um it your your system is so jacked up your nervous system is so jacked up for the rest of the night that it is like impossible to sleep okay so those are my my tips for you guys that are having trouble sleeping on steroids the main thing is to you know try and shift taking steroids in the morning and then uh don't train late at night and uh certainly do not do legs squatting late at night all right all right um nick uh we're gonna get on to a question here next question is from uh veli veli asks hey dan i always follow your podcast quick little question what would be the best oral and injectable steroid to keep me shut down as a form of birth control lol i don't want to get my girl pregnant and she's on the pill if she's off the pill i'm on tremble on 400 per week test at a thousand milligrams a week and i usually either equipoise 900 or master on 900 Damn, you must be very horny if you're taking Masteron 900. And orals. Always D-ball, Anadrol, Superdrol. 
I never go off orals. <laughs> Damn, you are you are a guy who is really pushing it, aren't you? Uh, you think that's enough to keep me shut down? I don't want to have a kid. I know nothing is 100%. Or I was thinking about mint also. Well, yeah, mint, mint is uh, prescribed as male birth control, but you know none of the steroids completely work as a male birth control um you know they help they certainly help but uh you know don't be uh firing off come come loads into uh women into their vaginas okay uh don't be squirting uh semen in into there okay you got to pull out you got to pull out okay if you're if you're taking steroids and you're pulling out and the girl's not on birth control, it's actually a pretty damn effective method of uh, of, of not having a baby. Uh, being on steroids and pulling out, and, and seriously pulling out, you know, not squirting in there. Because, uh, uh, you know, you can't be doing this thing where you're like, oh, well, I kind of pulled out. Like, like, you have to fucking know, you know, you did not, you did not squirt any semen in inside the woman um and if you're doing that and you're taking steroids consistently you know like the way you're doing it it's very unusual for someone to get a woman pregnant but um if you're if you're you know spraying semen into uh your woman's vagina and you're on steroids man you're almost guaranteed to get these women pregnant Okay, there are so many, so many stories of, man, I'm on Trenbolone, you know, my balls are totally shrunk, you know. So many guys, you know, have these stories saying these kind of things. And, you know, the woman, woman got pregnant. You know, I had blah, 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 blah kid. You know, I made my entire family on, on, on Tren, you know. Uh, you know, there's so many, so many guys that have these stories. So, uh, do not come inside of uh women uh and think that your steroids no matter what steroids you're using no matter if you're taking trend meant whatever is gonna make you infertile and make you firing blanks because 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 it doesn't okay and and one thing i can tell you even why is that simply the injected testosterone has an effect on the Leydig cells in your testicles that create sperm, where it stimulates them um, to create sperm, okay? So while it is shutting down your own natural response, there is a bit of an actual artificial response simply because of the injected testosterone actually getting into the tissue of your testicles and then turning these cells on a little bit that produce the sperm you know yet you got billions of sperm going on being produced and uh you know they there's always gonna be some no matter how many steroids you're on there's always gonna be some sperm uh and and if you're you're shooting off um you know um coming into women uh who are not on birth control um you're gonna get them pregnant okay bottom line bottom line so steroids and pull out works really well um next question 
This one's from Dennis. Huge fan of the podcast. Keep it going. With the change of the size game with Dorian Yates in front as the pioneer back in the 90s came with the ability to use AIs. So it's kind of confusing the way it's written. But so basically he's asking, was the change of size um, starting with Dorian Yates of these pro bodybuilders is is. AIs like Arimidex, Eximestane, Letrozole responsible for that? He says, I'm thinking with the ability to use greater amounts of testosterone to hold the mass of muscle. All the best. Um, you know, in the early 90s, that is, that is when they started using um, uh, powerful AIs and really relying on them, like uh, Arimidex, Letrozole, Eximestane. Before that, they, they weren't really, they were pretty much just using Nolvidex. Um, so, so it was a factor. You're right. It, it was a factor. Uh, but, um, you know, the, the main, some guys were already using huge amounts of testosterone. Not everybody aromatizes or creates estrogen out of testosterone. There are guys that can take thousands of milligrams per week of testosterone and not have any estrogen response from it. Um, they, they just, they're, and then there are other guys, you know, that can't take, you know, 500 milligrams without having a massive estrogen response. It's very, very genetically variant um, from person to person, how much estrogen they create out of testosterone. And um, so, so this, there were already guys using a lot of testosterone, okay? But you're right in that the early 90s is when uh, high testosterone use became really prevalent, which definitely had a um, major effect, you know, in increasing the size of bodybuilders. But, you know, really what you see where there was this jump, you know, from where... where um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lee Haney, um, uh, Franco Colombo, whatever, you know, these bodybuilders that were pre-Dorian Yates. And then you see Dorian Yates and you're like, you know, something happened. And then ever since then, all the bodybuilders look way different. Uh, they look more like refrigerators. They look way bigger the texture of their body looks different. Um, what you're seeing there, the primary thing that you're seeing is um, use of insulin and use of uh, large amounts of insulin, injectable insulin. That's the main thing that changed, okay? They were already using growth hormone back in the 70s. They were they were using uh, injected, they, they were, you know, dead people, you know, they were taking the pituitary glands from dead people and grinding them up, you know, not the bodybuilder, but there was a, a medication called Chris Corman that, that was this, that the bodybuilders were taking. And uh, so it was the ground up pituitary glands of dead people, uh, a pituitary extract, you know, the pituitary is what makes the uh, growth hormone in the human body. And then, you know, taking that extract and injecting it, the bodybuilders and eat, some of them were actually even doing it with monkeys. So there was also a monkey version uh, where it was monkey growth hormone extract and bodybuilders were using that. Okay. Back all the way back in the seventies in the, uh, in the eighties, 
that's when uh, recombinant growth hormone use started, which is the growth hormone we have today, uh, which is um, RDNA growth hormone, bioidentical growth hormone that is uh, very pure um, and um, uh, made by RDNA technology, which is where uh, E. coli bacteria is genetically modified using viruses um, to modify the genetics of the E. coli bacteria to make it so that the instead of producing more E. coli as its reproductive pro, uh, product, the E. coli bacteria then produces human growth hormone because it's been uh, genetically engineered. Um, that's the kind of growth hormone we have now. So growth hormone was already being used. Um, steroids were already being used at very high dosages. Testosterone was being used. Not by everyone, but by some people at very high dosages. But um, what really uh, made that difference where Dorian Yates came back one year and he was a different bodybuilder. And then after that, everybody was kind of playing catch up. And then a couple of years later, everybody got big like that. And everybody started uh, getting, you know, big stomachs where no one had a big stomach before. You know, there was no bodybuilder who had a big stomach. And then all of a sudden, all the bodybuilders have big stomachs. That started because Dorian Yates discovered, whoa, I can combine insulin with my steroids and, and use a lot of insulin. And this completely changes the size of the bodybuilder. Insulin makes people, you know, it, it really changes the size of the bodybuilder. It also does a bunch of really, you know, disgusting stuff to the bodybuilder, you know. Um, it it really promotes diabetes. It's very unsafe. Um, taking insulin decreases your insulin sensitivity over time um, so that you're more immune to the effects of insulin. Um, and um, it, uh, it, it grows. It, it grows. It interacts with the growth hormone at the huge dosages um, and grows things. So you get the, the growth hormone guts. Uh, a lot of problems, you know, a lot of problems when guys uh, mix the insulin uh, with the growth hormone and steroids. It makes them astronomically bigger. OK, it makes them astronomically bigger. Um, but, you know, looking at modern day bodybuilding or Dorian Yates era forward bodybuilding and comparing it with um, before Dorian Yates bodybuilding. You know, before him, you have these bodybuilders that the average person, the average person who's not a bodybuilder, you know, looks at, um, you know, those early bodybuilding physiques from the 70s, from the 80s. And you look at that and you say, damn, damn, that looks fucking amazing. I want to look like that. Even if you're not a bodybuilder, even if you don't go to the gym, you know, you say like that is that dude is jacked and he looks fucking sick. You know, I want to have a body like that. Um, but then once you added the insulin in there and you get um, that, you know, what Dorian Yates started and, you know, now what is going on today still is you get these really disgusting looking bodies that are much bigger, um, but are mm, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. The size uh, but the texture, the shape, um, and and the in incredible size and 
the proportions with the uh, enlarged guts and everything, uh, enlarged heads. Uh, it's just disgusting. And, um, you know, no one who's not a bodybuilder looks at that and says like, wow, that's a perfect body. I want to look like that. Everybody said, what the fuck? The fuck is this drugged out freak? So looking at that, you can see that's what insulin does. Okay. So yeah, are we better off doing bodybuilding without insulin? Yeah, we certainly are. Can you get way, way bigger if you use insulin? Yes. Is the average person going to want to look like you if you use a lot of insulin? No. If you just use steroids and growth hormone, you can use a lot of those. And the average person is going to look at you and uh, think, damn, I want to look like that. Especially if you keep the growth hormone at five IUs or less per day, okay? Um, and you can use unlimited steroids, okay? But, uh, you know, that's where you're getting the, the kind of body where the average person who's not a bodybuilder, you know, is looking at you and saying, you got a perfect body, you're jacked as hell, and you look sick, you know? I want to be like that. Once you start adding... Uh, insulin and then you know high dosages of growth hormone more than five i use a day uh consistently um that that's where you start creating these uh morphed uh very weird looking uh bodies that are only appreciated by uh, other bodybuilders all right next question question for the podcast i'm taking testosterone 350 milligrams uh, three times per week with Trenbolone, uh, 200 milligrams three times per week. So he's taking about 1,000 milligrams total of testosterone a week and uh, 600 milligrams total of Trenbolone a week. And he's taking Dianabol 20 milligrams per day. His question is he has Pramipexil but not Cabergolin. Will that work or do I need to get some Cabergolin? What would you recommend for me on cycle for AIs? Um, yeah, you know, Pramipexil will work. Uh, Pramipexil does the same thing as Cabergolin. It's, uh, you, you know, so for example, um, Arimidex and Letrozole do the same thing. They both um, decrease estrogen, okay? So Pramipexil and Cabergolin both also do the same thing. They decrease prolactin. Okay, um, but you know, cabergolin is much more pleasant to use for one thing, and it's also a lot easier to use. So, if you take uh, pramipexil um, at the dosage that's needed, which is half a milligram to one milligram per day, in order to control uh, prolactin side effects, if you just start taking that one day, you're gonna get really sick and you're going to you're going to be throwing up actually um you have to start actually with pramipexil with a uh, one tenth of a milligram per day and then every two days increase it another tenth of a milligram <laughs> until you get up to 0.5 milligrams and then once you're at 0.5 milligrams you can you can jump between like 0.5 to 0.75 and 
and one milligram and it's it's no big deal but um going from you know taking none up to taking a half milligram a day uh, is a very sensitive process uh, where you will be seriously sick um, if you don't do that really careful taper up with the Pramipexel. Uh, so, and I, I mean that, I really mean it when I say that. <laughs> uh, so it's not a fun thing to go through. I've done it. I've done it. I've been through the sickness. So, uh, I mean, I remember the first time I, I did do it, I took a, a half milligram and, you know, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I was in a meeting um, with uh, some kind of administrator thing that I was I was meeting with an administrator of, you know, whatever I was doing at the time. And I had to say, uh, uh, I got to go go to the bathroom. I feel sick. And uh, then, you know, I was going to the bathroom for a half hour. Um, and then I come back, you know, I'm like white as a ghost. I'm like, I got to go home. I got to go home. And then I'm throwing up for about three hours and then for about the next 24 hours I'm just you know sleeping or throwing up um not fun but you don't have to go through any of that with cabergoline and that's why <laughs> cabergoline is so much better is that there's none of these uh sickness effects associated with it you can go right into taking it and and there's no issues um and it's actually even better it works better it's more effective pramipexel needs to be taken every day as a short um active life and because of that it's not as effective um at like a flat line uh really taking down the prolactin from uh deca or or trenbolone but uh cabergoline only needs to be taken twice or three times a week it's a very long acting tablet um and uh so it, it just has a more uh steady um, totally taking care of the prolactin problem uh, so it's so much easier to take and then it's also more effective and doesn't cause those wretched side effects uh, that starting out on Pramipexel can if you're not very careful with it. So that's why, you know, cabergoline is definitely, you know, you hear, you know, which which one of the uh, dopamine agonists, the anti-prolactins should I be taking? Uh, prolactin and dopamine are counterbalancing hormones. So that's why they're, you know, a dopamine agonist also means anti-prolactin. It's the same same thing. Um, so anyways, that's why you see here so much, you know, you know, why is the preference so strong with everyone for cabergoline? And that's why. All right. Next question is from Bob. Uh, no, no, this one's from Dawson. No. Okay. Okay. He says, okay. Confusing. Two questions for the podcast. Is Trend the best pound-for-pound muscle-building steroid there is? I remember you talking about Trend abusers. 
How can you tell if someone abuses Tren? <laughs> you know what? It, it, Tren is is very good muscle building steroid. Um, you know, it's hard to say. You know, is Tren the best muscle, pound for pound muscle building steroid? You know, I don't I don't know if I would say that. It, it definitely builds muscle tissue, and it's definitely extremely effective. Like um, testosterone. Trenbolone and Dianabol. Those are probably the three best um, muscle building uh, steroids there are. Uh, those three, you know, those are probably the the best. And it's it's hard to say, you know, which one is the best. But one of those three, you know, if you experiment with one of those three or you use all of those three, you know, <laughs> it's gonna work. So. Uh, you know, you that's what you said you're using. Uh, or, or no, the last guy was using it. The last guy was using it. Uh, so you should be like the last guy from the last question and use the, the testosterone, trembling, and uh, D-ball. Um, you know, you said, how can you tell a trend abuser? The eyes. The It increases the resting adrenaline level very very dramatically um and the eyes are way too intense way overly intense in trend abusers and and it doesn't look right it looks like they're um almost not looking at you it's almost as if they're not looking at you when they're looking at you if if you catch my drift it's You'll know when you see it. Look at pictures of Phil Heath at the Mr. Olympia concert or uh, contests, and look at what his eyes look like. Um, his his eyes do not look normal, and that is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. These eyes that that it's like they're they're looking at you but they're almost like looking off into the distance or something like that very strange looking eyeballs um looks you know looks like they've way overdosed on coffee or something like that you know uh that's that's what a trend abuser looks like you can really tell from the eyes and just way overly intense inappropriate inappropriately intense for the situation Okay, next question is from Bob, and he asks, my question for the podcast, my last cycle was 200 milligrams testcipionate and 1,000 milligrams nandrolone phenylpropionate, so fast-acting DECA, for 16 weeks. I had a terrific recomp and performance boost with what looked like no water retention. I plan to use what I have on hand for my next cycle, so it'll be 700 milligrams testosterone propionate and 500 milligrams mastron propionate for 16 weeks. The goal is similar: recomp and go from there. What differences do you think you'd no you What differences do you think I will notice between these two cycles? Do you think there will be any increase in water retention? I've never taken testosterone above a TRT dosage before and just want to keep that vascular look. Um, yeah, so so this time you're going to be, you've 
you've been using lower testosterone before you, you use 200 testosterone, 1000 um, NPP, uh, nandrolone, and that worked out good for you. You said you didn't get water retention, but now this time you're using, you know, up to 700 milligrams of a uh, testosterone propionate with uh, 500 milligrams of mastrone propionate. It, um, it, it's going to be roughly comparable uh, your, your cycles, as far as the, the body recomposition effect, um, uh, you know, 700 milligrams of testosterone propionate is very similar in its firepower and what it can do for you, what it can do for your bodybuilding as a thousand milligrams of nandrolone phenylpropionate NPP. Um, so, so you, you have those there and then, and then you know, you have the Masteron in this cycle. Um, and, and the Masteron, it, it does increase your strength. It, it has a, a strength boosting effect uh, because it increases the, the your brain's ability to activate your muscle fibers. Um, it's a neurological effect. So it kicks in, uh, you know, basically as soon as you start taking the Masteron within two weeks, you're just a bit stronger and you'll maintain that for the cycle. There are some slight fat burning properties with Mastron, uh, but the uh, with Mastron, what you notice when you go on it is, I'm sweating, I've got a thick oil slick on the top of my skin. It's not normal oil, it's very thick oil. And if I accidentally touch something, I'll like leave an oil mark on that. Like a, like, like I've been working on cars on an engine or something like that. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. Other thing you're going to notice is that your sex drive is, uh, your mental sex drive is extremely high. Extremely high. Thinking about sex, frequency. Uh, frequency of thinking about sex, desiring sex. Uh, very high. Um, really, it's... It's very interesting to experience that, actually. Um, then um, Mastron can definitely be an acne, an acne promoter, and um, also prostate. So Mastron has an affinity for the prostate and making that thing swell up. So if you're, especially because you've got the higher testosterone now and you've never ran testosterone um, above TRT dose, so when, when uh, estrogen gets high and that mixes with dihydrotestosterone or that mixes with something like Mastron uh, in the prostate, it causes the prostate to swell. So if you get that side effect where you're um, having, uh, having to urinate really frequently or when you do urinate, uh, it's, you kind of have to like push it out. Um, and uh it's a weak stream uh first thing you're going to want to do is is take ai and make sure that you get that estrogen down because that's what's kind of activating the ability of the mastron and the uh dihydrotestosterone to make your prostate swell up like that um and if if that doesn't work if you're not able to get it under control then you would need to bring the the mastron dosage down so that, that's what uh that's what i would look forward to with the uh mastron Masteron also doesn't make you bigger at all. So it does uh, densify you, make you denser, um, bring the skin's water retention down, kind of bring everything's muscle re 
or water retention down. So maybe even your muscles a little bit. So maybe even a tiny bit less volume, uh, but more density, hardness in the muscles. Um, but it's not something like a Winstrol, which, you know, Winstrol gives you a, uh, Winstrol does bring the water retention down in the skin, but it also volumizes your muscles and makes your muscles look even bigger, you know, being on Winstrol. Mastron doesn't do that. Mastron, it has no um, increase in size at all when you take it uh, but but it does it it does have a hardening effect yes definitely a density effect for sure um terror squad asks hey what's your opinion on hgh fragment does it work for fat burning people claim it's 12 times as potent as hgh okay i can tell you right now it's it's not 12 times as potent as hgh for fat burning but you know, from people that do use the HGH fragment, there's been a lot of anecdotal reports of it, of it working well, of it working well for fat burning. But uh, this is not uh, something that is well, uh, this is not something that professionals are using uh, for the most part. You know, there may be a professional here, there who's using it. Um, but this is an experimental product. It's an experimental, um, chemical. Uh, this is not something that's uh, regularly being used. People are having, you know, the same, uh, results all across the board with it. So if you use that, you know, these peptides, uh, like HGH fragment or, or whatever, whatever other, you know, peptides with these different crazy names, uh, you know, CJC DAC, <laughs> GHRP, you know, all this stuff. It it's just experimental stuff. It's it's not the good stuff, okay? What the good stuff is, the stuff that really freaking works. And there's no doubt about it. And man, it works in a week. Okay? It doesn't doesn't take a you don't have to be on it for months before you start uh noticing effects. No, no, no. Or you got in order to benefit it from you got to be on it for months. No, in order to benefit from human growth hormone, pharmaceutical grade human growth hormone, you've only got to use two or three IU's for a week, and there's a difference in your physique. Okay, there's a difference in your physique. It's helping you build muscle. It's helping you burn fat in one week's time. Okay, so if you want to really you know, use the peptide, use the stuff that freaking works. Okay. And, you know, anybody who's saying that this other stuff, you know, is, is better than it. That's not true. <laughs> pharmaceutical grade growth hormone, the real pharmaceutical grade growth hormone. It's really great stuff. And none of these other peptides can compare to it. And it works fast and it doesn't need to be used for a long time in order to get the results from it. It's very fast acting, immediate effects. Okay. Next question is from um, Jay. Hey, currently running 875 DECA, 875 testosterone, looking to drop some body fat, so I'm in a slight deficit. Does it make sense to keep my dosages that high if I'm not going to gain size? I originally got the DECA to put on more size, but advised myself against getting more fluffy. Any insight would be appreciated. Thanks, bro. 
yeah, you, you know, you should keep the dosage where it is. Um, if that's the dosage that you are comfortable with going into your cycle, you know, 875, 875, test and DECA. Um, if you go on to some kind of low dosage uh steroid use for your cutting it's not fu- it's not fun it's not fun at all uh because you will become very flat your um what that means is that the fuel storage in your muscles is going to go way down and your strength is going to go way down and your ability to really feel like you're able to work hard and for a long time in the gym is going to go way down. Okay. Your muscles are going to look like they went into hibernation mode. You know, if you cut that dosage in half, you probably wouldn't really lose much muscle, but I can tell you that the process of uh, cutting is going to be much more painful, much more unpleasant, much more not fun. Um, and, and even like your chances of like injury and stuff like that are going to be higher. Um, being on a good dosage of, of steroids, good enough dosage that you feel when you're cutting, when you, that you feel like, you know, I feel like I'm on freaking steroids. Okay. And then you start cutting, then you feel nice and strong when you're cutting. You can get through your workouts good. You have a lot of energy in your workouts. You don't get this uh, withered away thing or muscles going into hibernation mode, feeling like, what the hell happened here? Um, you know, where, where, you know, you may not have actually lost much muscle tissue, but you know, while you're dieting, you look like you fucking lost muscle tissue. Um, but, you know, really, it just has to wait until you're back on another cycle, you know, a bigger cycle or something like that. You know, that that's what... For guys that are like cutting on uh, 500 tests or something, that's what that would happen to them if they were normally guys who were, you know, using normal cycles. And then they decided, well, you know, I'm just going to use something small like 250 tests or 500 tests. I want to say 500 if you're, you know, at least in uh, intermediate uh, bodybuilder, um, it, you know, Everything works better when you're on a good cycle. When you're on a a strong cycle, everything works better. All the pathways, all the metabolic pathways that affect your nutrient partitioning, that affect uh, muscle preservation, strength preservation, um, fat loss, everything's going to work better when you've got a nice anabolic cycle going on. So don't lower the dosages. Keep them them the way you've got them. All right. And the last question for today is from Isaac. Yo, Dan, love the podcast, man. Quick question if you get around to seeing this. Wanted to ask someone who I think is knowledgeable. Thanks, bro. Have you heard of anyone getting like an anxiety attack from Anivar? Felt amazing on it with testosterone for two weeks in. But then I had what felt like an anxiety attack after an Anivar dose. I stopped taking it and it's been over a day now since last dose. I still feel okay if I'm busy or concentrating on something else. My heart rate's still a little elevated. Anxiety gets worse if I think about it too much. 
which usually leads to some shaky hands and nervousness. Wondering if you have any advice. I don't have any pre-existing conditions, and I've used Anavar before with zero issues. Thanks. Yeah, you know what? This is going to be a, a shocker because this is normally not um, what you hear about Anavar, but Anavar has significant mental effects. You know what? I get so many, because, you know, I get you know so many people asking questions about steroids all the time um and um you know, talking to me about steroids you know so I have this huge in addition to you know my my life and and talking to people you know as i've used steroids talking to people in the gym my personal friends and i have this huge pool or sample of you know internet people that you know counseling counseling with me or send me emails whatever you know uh, social media message about what's going on with them. And you, you guys having some um, mental effects from Anavar, negative mental effects, um, headaches, moodiness, um, um, or, or what some guys describe as, as bitchiness, um, um, some, some outbursts, um, irritability, um, anxiety from Anavar. Very common, very common, happening to a lot of people. Um, so you are not alone at all with that. Um, the anxiety attack thing that you said you experienced, you know, that's a little, that's a little intense there. Um, so that that would definitely be on the more, the more extreme side of what is uh, common. Um, prob probably I haven't exactly heard that one before, but. As far as getting anxiety, as far as having irritability, headaches, mood swings from Anavar, this is not out of the ordinary. This is not out of the norm. For some reason, it's, it's not um, talked about. It's not something that's normally talked about with Anavar. Normally, Anavar is known as uh, or thought of as this steroid that has no side effects whatsoever and you know, for the most part, it is, you know, um, for the most part, Anavar is um, not something you notice much when you take it. It's not even something you notice much in the gym, really, unless you're taking 80 milligrams, 100 milligrams a day. Um, you know, it increases your strength to take Anavar. Um, does it really do much else that's really... <laughs> really noticeable not really it's a very mild steroid uh as as far as uh most of the effects uh but but these mental effects um are definitely real and i can tell you that me personally i do get some not anxiety but i get um i get a bit of irritableness and um some some headaches from it um unusual you know i really prefer winstrol Winstrol is so much more powerful than Anavar. It does everything that Anavar does, but it does it so much better. <laughs> makes you stronger. Makes you harder. Makes you more vascular. It gets rid of more water retention in your skin. Um, and, and I've never had any kind of anxiety or, or bad 
bad uh, mental effects from Winstrol. Winstrol's great. For all the for all you guys running Anivar, thinking about running Anivar or having problems running Anivar, highly recommend to uh, just swap that out with Winstrol, which is much cheaper, much more effective, and uh, milligram per milligram wipes out what Anivar can do for you. All right, so thanks for asking that question. If you guys uh, want to get on the phone with me and uh, do a one-hour phone call consultation, you can send me an email at steroidspodcast at gmail.com. It's $59 for the hour, and we can go over whatever you need to talk about. Uh, Your cycles, uh, planning your cycles, your side effects, um, training, diet, um, whatever you need to go over and, uh, we can get on the phone and you get, and you can talk to me. Um, so send me an email, uh, one hour, $59 steroids podcast at gmail.com to ask about that. And then the other program that I do is, uh, the one month, uh, texting on WhatsApp where again, you can ask me questions about diet training steroids side effects your cycle i'm there for you whatever you need and you can ask me as many questions as you need every day um you don't have to wait for me to get back to you before you answer more questions or before you ask more questions you can load me up and i'll always get back to you and answer everything within 24 hours or less and that one's 99 dollars for a month and so same thing if you want to get on the texting program with me um, send me an email, steroidspodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we can do that. I've been on the phone with tons of you guys, tons of you guys, listeners from the Steroids Podcast, and I always like it. You guys are cool guys. I like talking to you guys on the phone, so I've had a lot of great uh, interactions talking with a ton of you guys who are listeners on the phone. It's cool. It's cool. You guys, it's it's. It's pretty sweet, you know, listening to the podcast. And then uh, we talk on the phone. It's cool. You guys are cool guys. It's good shit. Um, other thing is uh, either go to uh, steroidspodcast.com. And uh, if you stay on any one page there uh, for about 15 seconds, a pop-up will come up where you can sign up to be on the VIP email list so that if I get deleted from social media, I have your email address and your, your first name. That's what that is. So I can contact you to let you know, you know, how to find the podcast or whatever, you know, if something happens. Um, and then the other thing is if you, um, you have a, you have an iPhone, um, if you could go to the Apple podcast app and, uh, find the steroids podcast on iTunes, Apple podcast app and leave a five star review for the steroids podcast. It helps it grow. This is really, um, important and, um, very helpful thing that you can do, uh, to help me out. If you enjoy the podcast, to help it grow. So I hope you guys had a great time listening to the podcast today and I'll talk to you again soon. If you would like your questions to be answered on the steroids podcast go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com 
or Steroids Podcast on Instagram. Until next time.